Welcome to the Southcrest Live podcast. If this is your first time to listen, please connect with us at www.southcrest.org for more information. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Before, before Pastor David left, he said, you know, I've never preached a retirement sermon. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. And I was like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> if anybody can, he can do it, right? Man, we're going to miss him this morning, but we're going we're gonna to have a good time. As he said, we're uh, as a church in the venue and here in the worship center, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount together. So, uh, meaning the same passages. So uh, today we're going to keep on. Last week we finished as a church the end of chapter six. So today we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter seven. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter seven. That's where we're going to be. And uh, looking forward to that. We'll start in verse one here in just a moment. You turn in there. So if you've ever wrestled with or wondered or just struggle with, is the Bible relevant? Which that's a fair thing to do. Like no judgment here if, if you've done that before. But if you've ever struggled with if, whether or not the Bible is relevant, I would say all you have to do is read it and you will see it is incredibly relevant. Amen? Um, if, you, if you especially look at the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus preached, this, at least one of his sermons we have recorded here. And man, he... By the end of this sermon, he has stepped on everybody's toes, like everybody. We're not quite to the end yet, but he really does. And it's, what's amazing about it is Jesus, which is no surprise that he's God, so he's the best preacher ever, but he has this perfect balance of his message is challenging, but it's also really, really encouraging. And at the same time, very relevant. And if, if you're not sure uh, you believe that, just to kind of refresh, refresh us all, uh, he talks about anger. Has anybody ever struggle with anger? You don't have to raise your hand. But, um, scoot down a little bit. No, I'm kidding. Um, he talks about anger. He talks about lust. He talks about retaliation, what to do uh, when, when you want to get somebody back, when they got you, because the getter's got to get got. <laughs> um, what do you do in that situation? He talks about loving your enemies. He talks about giving to the needy. He addresses in a lot of chapter six, he addresses our, our temptation to put on a show through our spirituality, to just give or just to pray so that other people are impressed, which I know no one in here has ever struggled with that, ever. Just kidding. Um, he talks about laying up your treasures in heaven and not on earth. He talks about, at the end of chapter six, he talks about anxiety, which man, talk about a relevant topic, if you will, for today's culture. Now, if you're sitting out there or through this whole series, Sermon on the Mount, and you thought, well, Jesus has touched on some issues. He smashed some toes, but he, he hadn't really addressed me yet. Well, today is your lucky day. <laughs> I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> um, yeah, today's, today's your lucky day. Um, we're going to start off, I think this, this passage because of our culture, it needs a little bit of context. So we're gonna read the first two words, that's it for now. And we're gonna provide ourselves some context. So let's read the first two words of Matthew chapter seven. It says, Jesus talking, judge not, <laughs> judge not. I think those two words, judge not, may be the two most distorted and disregarded words in all of scripture. <laughs> distorted and disregarded. Let's talk about distorted for a second. 
I would tell you, and I think most of you would agree, our culture is obsessed with this you can't judge me mentality. Are we not? <laughs> we, we've used these two words to justify anything we want to say, think, or do. And we kind of put up this, well, hey, man, only God can judge me. You don't know me, right? Richard, he's pre Richard Cruz, our high school pastor, is preaching in the venue today since I'm in here. And he jokingly said, because this happens a lot in our culture, he jokingly said that he was gonna get a big old full chest tattoo that says, only God could judge me, just stand up, open a shirt and then go sit down, <laughs> which uh, I don't think he's doing that. If a lot of people come in here, we know what happened. <laughs> but that's the mindset, right? Only God can judge me, you don't know me. And so we use those words, judge not, to defend anything we wanna say, do or think. But here's the tension, the problem is that scripture, the Bible does teach us there is right and there is wrong. Hey, y'all are with me. Good. Yeah. There is truth and there's falsehood. And surely Jesus is not saying that we can, as believers, can never make a statement or an assessment or a judgment of what is right or wrong. And if you're like, thank you, sir. And if you're like, I, I don't know, well, let's, let's prove it to you. I love what Pastor David once said in this, uh, talking about this passage in verse six, which I'll go ahead and read it. It says, do not give dogs what is holy and don't throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Pastor David's uh, interpretation of this, and I think he's spot on, which is good for me to agree with that. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I really do. I'm all seriousness. I think he's spot on in that this is kind of a balancing statement that if this ver that verse was not there, man, believers throughout the centuries would probably run with this, oh, we can't judge. We don't wanna step on anybody's toes. Jesus in verse six was clearly making an assessment, a judgment that some people are like pigs and dogs, which is kind of a harsh judgment. <laughs> like if I started my sermon with, hello, pigs and dogs, the venue would get full really quick, right? And go hear Richard and see his tattoo. <laughs> I'm out of control. I need to bring it in a little bit. Um, so in our culture, we, we, we kind of maybe miss this verse a little bit because we have, we like dogs. Like we have, my wife and I have a golden retriever. Uh, everyone likes cute, cuddly dogs or big furry dogs. But if you travel the world still today, it's kind of like it was in, in when Jesus lived that dogs were not household pets. They were scavengers, they were vicious, they were selfish and they would even hurt you. And I don't think we typically think of pigs as cute and cuddly unless you have little kids at home like some of us do. Um, but pigs, especially in that day, again, still kind of today, but especially in that day were vicious animals. One of my uh, mentors, Dr. Edwards, I think it's in um, Myanmar, when he goes to Myanmar, uh, the pigs literally still to this day will trample people, will crush people to get food or even trash they think they can eat. Um, they're, they're nasty animals. And Jesus is saying, some people are like that. They have no regard, they have no appreciation for the truths of scripture, for the gospel. So he's not saying we should never share the gospel with people who don't wanna hear about it because then none of us would be here today. But he's saying, those who are vicious and violent towards the gospel and never wanna hear about it and persistently refuse it or reject it or trample it, don't waste your time throwing precious pearls to pigs, to dogs. 
So clearly Jesus was making a judgment. I would say a pretty strong judgment. And he expects his followers to make judgments. Not that we go around saying dog, pig, you're okay. No, but, but to say, man, some people we're not gonna go there. So that requires a judgment an assessment. If you're like, I still, I still, I still don't know. Well, look over in verse 15 in chapter seven. He tells his followers to beware of false prophets. So not that you're obsessed with it, but that you're on the lookout for false teachers because you wanna hear the truth of the gospel. So he says, beware of false prophets, which to beware requires a judgment, an assessment. Then later, you don't have to turn there, but in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus tells his followers what to do when someone sins against them. So he doesn't say, you know, to each his own, it's all good, just put it under the rug. No, when someone sins against you, you go to them and you address it. Paul does the same thing in Galatians. When someone is caught in a sin, you go to them and address it. So clearly Jesus does not mean, when he says judge not, he clearly doesn't mean that Christians should just be these like kind of mindless blobs that go with the culture and whatever said, we, oh, it's all good. We all love each other. No, we, sh- we should stand on truth. There is right and wrong. So we know what he doesn't mean. We know how we've distorted it. So what does he mean? <laughs> well, if, as you've been taught here, um, man, we believe that scripture is best understood in its context. And as we already pointed out, or as I already pointed out, um, just one person up here, um, there's, we're in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has been preaching this sermon, which so much of it is about morality and heavy morality. Because he says, it's not just about what you do, it's about what you think, it's about what you desire, it's about who you are. So this is serious stuff. This is serious right and wrong, you could say morality. And even in uh, chapter six, he says, part of that morality is to, rather than be anxious, is to seek the kingdom, to pursue Christ. Now, two questions here. Have you ever, when listening to a sermon or a message, have you ever been listening and think, sure, I hope they're listening to this. <laughs> I mean, church people, we don't ever have a tendency to do that, do we? <laughs> or when he says, seek the kingdom, isn't it true that when we're pursuing Christ and seeking the Lord, don't we have this propensity to get a little self-righteous? Maybe you don't, I know I do. <laughs> The more I dig into scripture, the more I pursue him, we can get self-righteous. And with the cool thing about the Bible, again, it's relevant. People don't really change. Cultures change, styles change, and they come back, right? Food changes. I got my Mr. Rogers sweater on today. Um, But people don't change. Jesus knows they're doing the same thing we do. He's been preaching this sermon and says, oh, by the way, don't judge. (laughs) And we've already established, it can't mean we can never make an assessment, we can never make a judgment. So what is he saying? Don't have a judgmental, harsh, critical spirit, right? Don't go around with a judgmental attitude. I think we know what we're talking about here, to, to be judgmental. A judgmental person, they insist on pointing out the thorns rather than acknowledging there's a rose there. <laughs> a judgmental person is insistent on trying to find the stain in the person's otherwise clean shirt. He says, don't judge. 
Don't be judgmental. Don't have a hypercritical spirit. Now, I, I was laughing. Um, I often, because she's smarter than me, I'll, have, I'll ask my wife, Lauren, to, to read over a sermon. Once I've written it, once it's written, she doesn't write my sermons. Don't get me wrong. But, um, she'll look it over. And when she got to this point that we're about to talk about, she kind of laughed and said, now you're getting a little too personal here. I don't know. <laughs> um, and that is, if you remember, I said this, maybe the two words that are most distorted. We, talk about, we talked about that, trying to deny um, concrete, uh, oh my gosh, truth. What's the word? Not abstract truth. I can't, absolute truth. There it is. Okay, sorry. We can't deny, we can't deny absolute truth. So we can't disre, uh, distort these words, but we also tend to disregard these words. And that's where as a church, meaning not just Southerners, but believers, I think we tend to struggle. We want to disregard the fact that Jesus said, judge not. And how do we do that? We'll insert a, well, you know, bless their heart. But, <laughs> and after that but comes something judgmental, right? Or, or we flip it. We'll say something really judgmental and say, to defend ourselves, we'll say, you know, I'm just telling the truth, guys. <laughs> I'm, just trying to be, I'm just trying to be real. <laughs> so we throw them under the bus. You know, like we, we, we're judgmental, we, we're harsh, we're critical. And then we just add, well, it's just the truth. <laughs> but Jesus says, don't be judgmental. Don't, don't do that. How often do we, we see someone from afar and even just based on what they're wearing or who they're with, we, psh, we shake our heads. We look down on them. Or we're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and we see someone's post and we roll our eyes or maybe we text someone about what we just saw. It's so easy to be judgmental. And here's the thing. Jesus said, judge not, which makes it a sin to be judgmental, to have this harsh, critical spirit always wanting to point out someone's flaws. Makes it a sin, which is enough. We could just stop right there. It's enough to say, man, I don't want to be judgmental. But Jesus went further than that in this passage. I think in this passage, he's answering the question, you could say, why is it crazy to be judgmental? <laughs> I think he gives us three reasons. Read with me in the text. We'll start in verse one again. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I think here's the first point Jesus is making. It's crazy to be judgmental because you will be judged by capital T, capital J, the judge. <laughs> Even as Christians, we're gonna be judged by God Almighty by the judge. I'm not talking about heaven and hell here, but even as believers, we're going to give an account for our lives, for how we lived. And he says, at the very least, you're gonna be held to the standard that you hold others to. Jesus is saying, if you wanna stand before God Almighty on judgment day, and I'm kind of maybe paraphrasing this a little bit, but want to receive mercy over judgment, then you should show mercy over judgment to other people. <laughs> Remember that you're going to be judged by the judge. You're going to have to give an account. So it's crazy to walk, in, to walk around being all judgmental because <laughs> you're just bringing more judgment on yourself for the future. I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's crazy. I love uh, watching sports and a lot of you do as well. 
And it's easy to, um, man, I said it wrong last service and a lady corrected me. I think it's armchair quarterback. Am I saying that right? Kyler, am I saying that right? Armchair quarterback, thank you. All right, you know what armchair quarterback is, right? You're in your easy chair, your couch, and you've got your arms propped up and you're watching the game and you're just constantly critiquing the coach. Well, clearly that was the bad play. I mean, they, they ran up the middle. Of course they got stuffed. They should have thrown a Hail Mary there. Or you're watching and you're like, man, how can Moretti miss a layup? Like, how could he miss that layup? It was wide open. How did he miss it? And you're critiquing everything. And it's easy for me to do that because I know, partly because of talent or, excuse me, lack of talent and size, I'm never gonna be put in an opportunity where I'm on a court in front of 15,000 people and have the chance to show off my skills. I know that's never gonna happen, right? You can say amen. (laughs) That's not gonna happen for me. So I can sit there and I can throw all the judgment and all the shade and all the shame and the critique I want because I I realize I'm never gonna be called to account, right? So I can just roll with it. The problem is we take that same approach to our Christianity and it's wrong. We will, or actually you could say are standing before God, living out our lives and he's watching and he cares. So when I'm critiquing other people, he's saying, whoa, wait a second, you're throwing a flag on their life. I'm throwing a flag on your life. You're gonna stand before me in judgment. So don't be crazy judging everybody else. I've shown you mercy. You should wanna show them mercy. It's crazy to be judgmental because I'm gonna stand before the judge. And again, I can blow the whistle on someone else's life, but the problem is when I'm judgmental, I forget that, God is probably, even as a Christian, blowing the whistle, calling foul, calling penalty, calling sin on my life. Look at verse three. Why do you see the little bitty speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? He's going, come on. Here's the second thing. It's crazy to be judgmental because in looking at their sin, you look over your sin. (laughs) That's the truth, right? When I point out someone else's sin, to do that, I have to kind of jump over looking at my sin to see their sin. And Jesus is saying, what are you doing? You're pointing out the little bitty speck in their life and you're missing that you have a huge log of sin in your own life. That's so hypocritical. It's messed up. It's crazy. You don't want to be a hypocrite, do you? Well, why don't you start worrying about your sin and not just pointing out their sin? I, uh, I remember, I think I was about five or six when this happened, but we were having a family devotional time. It was coming to an end. My dad was fixing to pray. And I've got two sisters. My older sister is, uh, her name is Lauren, not to be confused with my wife, just for clarity there, um, whose name is also Lauren. But my older sister's name is Lauren and my younger sister's name is Meredith. And uh, my dad begins to pray. Um, and when he, when he gets done with the prayer, the family devotional ends and I kind of call my parents off to the side. And I'm like, mom and dad, I want you to know that Meredith had her eyes open the whole time we were praying. (laughs) And so, and mom and dad being the good parents, like, oh, really? (laughs) Like, are you sure? 
I'm like, oh yeah. Of course, by the way, my parents know like we do, you don't have to close your eyes when you pray, but as little kids, they kind of taught us that to be respectful and focused and all that. And so they're like, you, are, are you sure that you saw her eyes open? Oh yeah, I'm sure. The whole time. Oh, I saw it the whole time. And they're like, well, Brandon, I, we did, I mean, it's a big accusation here. How, how are you sure of it? How, how, do you, how did you see that she had her eyes open? Because I had my... <laughs> hypocritical, right? So easy to see what you're doing wrong and be completely oblivious to what I'm doing wrong. What is uh, D.A. Carson? He's a New Testament theologian. He said, what you, sorry, the judgment you make about other people reveals more about who you are than the judgments people make about you. <laughs> That's a good word. I think part of what Jesus is saying is, maybe a way, a way to rephrase this, when I'm being hypercritical, I'm probably being hypocritical. <laughs> More than that, just because you can point out someone's sin, the little speck in their eye, doesn't mean that you're really spiritual. <laughs> I think we can tend to make ourselves feel good. Like, well, man, look, I can see their sin and I see their sin and I see what they're doing wrong. And it just makes us feel good. When in reality, that doesn't mean that we're spiritual. <laughs> Not at all. So he says, don't be judgmental. You know, the problem when you're being hypocritical, excuse me, hypocritical and being hypercritical is you're not just, you don't just look kind of crazy. You, you, you kind of start acting a little crazy. Look at verse four. How can you say to your brother, hey, hey, let me help you. Let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye. You hypocrite. <laughs> Again, Jesus, he didn't mind taking a stand. <laughs> you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Again, you can't help them if you've got this log in your eye. So the, way, the third way we would say this, it's crazy to be judgmental because, how did I word this? <laughs> it causes you to hurt rather than to help. Do you see Jesus here? Is He's saying you should try to get the, the, uh, the thorn out of their eye. Like that's a good thing. We're not just ignoring sin. You should try to help them, but it's gonna be impossible for you to do that if you still have a log in your own eye. So first take care of that. Once you've helped yourself get rid of the sin, then you can help them. them. But if you don't, you're probably gonna hurt them. And I brought my trusty firewood to help me demonstrate this. If I were to call my wife up here, which this would just be a bad idea, period. But if I were to call my wife up here and had a log literally sticking out of my eye and we're like, hey, boo, let me, let me, uh, you have a little something in your, I got some mascara in your eyes. So let me get that. First of all, she's going to be like, does he not see? He has something. <laughs> right? I'm going to look ridiculous. And beyond that, I'm probably going to hurt her <laughs> because I have to get close to deal with her eye. And if I get close, I'm gonna jab her in the face with this, which is not gonna go well. Don't say amen, please, thank you. If you, he says, if you don't deal with the log out of your eye first, so if you're being hypercritical, super judgmental, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with their sin, you're gonna miss the log in your eye. You're not gonna get it first. He says, deal with the log 
in your eye first. And then you should, it's good, it's right, it's appropriate for you to then help them. But if you don't deal with the log in your eye first, you're gonna be harsh and you're gonna be hurtful (laughs) and you're not gonna be helpful. It's crazy to be judgmental because you're gonna be judged, we're gonna be judged by the judged, the judge. (laughs) It's crazy to be judgmental because in looking at their sin, you look over your sin. And it's crazy to be judgmental because it causes you to hurt rather than to help. So maybe if I could sum up all these, I know this may sound a little um, youthful of me, but I think Jesus is saying, check yourself before you wreck yourself, (laughs) right? Because it's not just wrong to be judgmental, you're you're gonna cause harm. (laughs) You're gonna make your judgment day worse. You're gonna be a hypocrite. You're gonna look foolish and you're gonna hurt them. You're not gonna be able to help them. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) Now I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna, yeah, I think it's the truth that you're like me in that, hopefully this is true. If not, there's some, maybe a little demented, but we could talk later. But hopefully you're like me in that you don't wake up in the morning, like turn off the alarm. You're like, can't wait to judge some people, right? (laughs) Like, it's gonna be a good day, get my judging on. Like, if you know Christ, that's probably not how you approach the day. And again, if it is, let's let's talk later. Or maybe maybe not, I don't know. But because of our sinful nature, even as Christians, we still, we drift towards that, right? We kind of fall into that habit of, dadgummit, there I go being judgmental again. <laughs> there I go trying to point out everyone's flaws again. We just kind of sink towards that. If we didn't, Jesus wouldn't have had to tell us. <laughs> but it's not natural for us to not be judgmental. So what I wanna do as, as we wrap this up is look at the passage, but kind of, flip it on its head as, okay, I don't want to be judgmental. So what can I do? So I don't mean change what it means, but just he's, we've looked at it from a negative, don't do this. Let's look at it from a positive, some things we can do. So I can wake up in the morning and say, hey, I want to do these things to help prevent my heart and my mind from going to a judgmental, hyper, hypercritical spirit. You with me? So three quick things. Here's the first one. Again, I'm just kind of based on the first three points. Number one, remember whose you are. That if you are a child of God, you've been saved by the blood of Christ, that the judge is actually your father and that he is a heavenly, gracious, merciful father that left heaven's throne to come and to rescue you in spite of your sin. That he came not to condemn you, but to save you. And then 2 Corinthians says that now you're his ambassador. When I remember whose I am, man, that makes me wanna say, I wanna represent him well, that he is a God full of grace and truth. (laughs) I wanna live that way. Remember whose I am. I wanna represent God well. The second thing we're gonna do, we're gonna remember the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Pastor David, I think it was the Sunday before Christmas, preached an amazing sermon on it. It was called The Two Sides of Christmas. I think it's what it was called. And he spent the majority of the sermon talking about the fact that Jesus had to come. He had to be born as a baby. He had to come to this earth because of our wretched sin. 
When we remember the gospel that Jesus came, we remember that he came because I was a broken, flawed, messed up sinner. (laughs) When I remember the gospel that Jesus, the fact that Jesus came because I'm broken, when I look at other people, that's gonna help me look at them with a little more grace and mercy. (laughs) Because it's not that, well, I've got it together, but you need some Jesus. No, it's that, hey, we together, we both need some Jesus, a whole lot of him. (laughs) Remember the gospel that Jesus came because you're broken, because you're a sinner, me too. I, I think another thing under that same point, remember the gospel to think about, Zach Calderon, one of our uh, next-gen staff members, he said this in a sermon, I think it was a good summary of the gospel is that the gospel is the fact that Jesus makes a bigger, excuse me, that God the Father makes a bigger deal of what Jesus did than what you've done. <laughs> He chooses to look at you and say, I'm gonna apply what Jesus did to your life. I'm gonna make a bigger deal. I'm gonna focus on the cross rather than your mistakes, rather than your sin. So here's the question. As I remember the gospel, am I gonna focus on what Christ has done for me and for that person? Or am I gonna focus on their flaws? Do I wake up with an eye to see everyone's wrongs or do I wake up with an eye to see the wonder of Jesus working in their life? <laughs> Again, doesn't mean we don't point out sin. Doesn't mean we don't point out an area some, a person can grow, but it's to look at them and say, I don't just see what's wrong with them. I look at that person as made in the image of God. And I know that Jesus can do amazing, wonderful things in their life like he's done in mine. <laughs> Remember the gospel. I think the same thing with remember, under the, remember the gospel as well. Um, when I remember the gospel, I remember that Jesus has saved us from all kinds of situations and all kinds of sins in different places. To demonstrate what I mean by that, if you were to go to coffee with me or even see me out in the hallway getting some coffee, you might make fun of me because I would get my cup of coffee and then I would add one packet of sugar and one little creamer. <laughs> And you might say, if Danny Henderson was here, he would say, Brandon, where do I get the men's coffee? (laughs) And what I would say is, you should see how far I've come. (laughs) Because when I moved to Lubbock, so maybe 10 years ago, if I went to Starbucks with some friends and got like a mocha latte, I was like, ooh, gross, way too much coffee. It needs more sugar. (laughs) Which if you've ever had a latte, you know it's a lot of sugar and a lot of milk. So I would tell Danny or whoever might would judge me and say, hey, yeah, I know I still have some room to grow and I could almost, I need to get to drinking that black coffee, but you should have seen me where I came from. (laughs) Are you tracking with me? We don't know where people are coming from, what God has already done in their life. When we're quick to judge and point out the thorns in their life, we may be missing the miraculous things God has already done in their life. The third thing, remember your calling, which our calling is to help, not to hurt. It's to be light, it's to help restore people, to reconcile people. Our calling is to share the good news. Think about how many people, it's kind of sad, how many people have turned away from Jesus, have have turned away from the gospel, have turned away from Christianity because of hypocritical Christians who were judgmental. Now, if you're here this morning, you're not a Christian, don't use that as an excuse. Don't let our hypocrisy, our flaws be an excuse from coming to Jesus. Because I'm telling you, it's the best thing that will ever happen to you. 
So don't let that be an excuse. But church, we gotta do better at not being judgmental, not being hypocrites. So we'll quit being a barricade for people coming to the gospel. Remember our calling. And one last way I would kind of say that, going back to that of helping, not hurting. You know, having something in your eye is the worst, right? I mean, I don't, I don't mean literally, but sometimes it feels like it. Like just a little bitty speck and you're like on the ground. Oh my goodness, right? I remember I wasn't faking in, in element or fifth grade or so. I literally stayed home from school because I had something in my eye and couldn't get, out, couldn't get it out and was going a little crazy. My mom was like, stay here. You're gonna scare all your friends. Like, cause I was just, oh, it was so frustrating. Every time you blink, you could feel it. But when you get that out of your eye, right? Jesus says, get the log out of your eye, then help them get the thorn out of their eye. So to go back to my metaphor with Lauren, if I've got this in my eye, how much more apt and able am I to help her and even be an encouragement to her if I say, oh man, Lauren, in love, but in truth to say, hey, you do have a little something in your eye and I wanna tell you, getting it out is amazing. <laughs> do you see how it comes from a position of help and not condemnation and hurt, but to say, you need to experience what I've experienced. We have a church word for that called testimony. <laughs> to say, hey, I don't wanna hurt you. I don't wanna condemn you. But I do see where Jesus could work in your life. And I'm telling you, he's worked in my life. He's removed that sin from my life. And I'm telling you, it is really, really good. It's really, really freeing. So now that Jesus has worked in my life, can I help you a little bit? Remember your calling. Remember the gospel. Remember, remember whose you are. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. We're gonna enter a time of response and there'll be some pastors down front here in a moment that would love to pray with you, answer any questions that you might have. But if you don't know Christ this morning, I wanna encourage you just to simply turn to him, to admit that you have stuff, he have sand in your eyes, so to speak, and that he, to acknowledge that he came, lived a perfect life, he died for you, he rose again, and that you need his forgiveness and you want him to be the Lord of your life. You can do that in your chair. You can do it talking with a pastor. We would love to talk with you about it either way. If you are a Christian this morning, <laughs> he was totally kidding, but don't do like Brother Jerry Hogue said. He, he caught me in the hospitality room and he, he leaned in with a big smile on his face and he said, I sure hope my wife was listening to that sermon. <laughs> Man, as believers this morning, Let's admit that we've at times or maybe a lot of times been judgmental and just confess, Jesus, I wanna be more like you. I still wanna stand on truth, but I also wanna wanna live, I want to live with grace and extend the love of Christ. I wanna be helpful. So ask him for his help so that we can be helpful. Maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to you about something this morning that I didn't even mention about baptism or joining the church, whatever it is. After I pray and we stand and sing, we're gonna have a time to respond, I'm gonna ask you to do that boldly. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for grace that even though we have big old logs in our eyes, <laughs> you came to rescue us, to save us. And you call us to offer that same hope and help to other people. So Lord, as the church, help us to do that. Help us to be light in a dark world. And God, I pray that you would call people to yourself, Lord. They would see that 
There is no hypocrisy in Jesus, that you are perfect and you are good and you are God. And you're full of grace and truth. And they would come to know your forgiveness and your purpose and your hope for their lives this morning. God, help us to respond boldly. It's in your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information, to make a commitment, or to request prayer, please text the word podcast to 555-888. You can also connect with us on our Southcrest app or our website for complete worship services or to plan to visit us in person. Thanks again for listening.